Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Lindsay Steffen, a therapist at Wellspring and the host of today's show about Are My Kids on Track? That's the, the uh, title for today, Are My Kids on Track? So this is going to be a lot of info for the parents. Um, or if you work with youth, you're maybe a teacher or a youth leader, who knows you, you have nieces, nephews, cousins. So we're just going to discuss, um, you know, the whole idea of where should kids be in a sense, like what would be normal for their age, their um, developmental my milestones, all of that. So with me today is Alicia Foss. Hi, Alicia. Thanks for being with us. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. really great to be here. Great. Why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about you? She's been on the radio with me before, but for anyone who hasn't gotten to kind of hear from her, what do you do with us at Wellspring, Alicia? Yeah, so I have been at Wellspring now for about a year and a half. I am a registered mental health therapist. I have my master's in marriage and family. And really my passion is couples and families and parenting. So today really I'm excited to talk about today because this definitely is my, one of my passions is parenting. Yes. Awesome. And before we dive into the show, I wonder, I know we have a new parenting group that Wellspring is going to be starting soon. So I know you're a big part of that. Do you want to give our listeners a little inside scoop? What's to come? Yes. So I'm really excited. We are going to be starting a parenting group that will start in April. The first one is going to be on Tuesday, April 6th from 7.30 to 9 p.m. And then on Thursday, April 8th from 12 to 1.30 p.m. And so those groups are going to be ongoing groups. And it um, so the book that we're going to be discussing today, Are My Kids on Track? That's the book that we're going to be going through. So the first month for April, we will be going through the first four chapters of the book, which is emotional, the emotional milestones. And then we'll go in May, we will go through the social milestones. And then in June, the spiritual milestones. And then we'll kind of start again in July with the emotional. So it's going to be an ongoing group. And it is a 12 week um, kind of curriculum or, you know, 12 weeks, but you can join month to month if that works best for you. So I'm really, really excited about this parenting group. Yes, it's so needed because I think um, Alicia has worked with teens for years. I work with kids and teens and we, you know, we find a lot of the time half of the counseling is really helping parents to equip them to know what to do. We always say parenting doesn't come with a manual, but then when you have kids who are struggling with mental health issues or emotional things going on, we often really don't know what to do. You know, even just kind of parenting kids who aren't having those struggles can be challenging enough. So I think this is an awesome group. I'm excited. I'm going to tell all my teen clients, parents, and so definitely share it. Maybe if you're interested listeners or share it, if you have friends, family who could benefit, we would love to have you join us. So, well, let's, let's dive in. So we're talking about the book, Are My Kids on Track? Um, and can you just give us an overview of the book? Yes. So the book, Are My Kids on Track? is the author, the main author, there's three authors, but the main author is, author, excuse me, is Sissy Goff. And so Sissy Goff um, and the other authors have written this book called Are My Kids on Track? And it does with the 12 emotional 
social and spiritual needs of children. And she kind of opens the book discussing how we, um, as parents, we really care a lot about our kids' health, which we should. We care a lot about our kids' academic, which of course we should, but we tend to not really focus much on their emotional well-being and sometimes not even their social well-being and sometimes not as much even on their spiritual well-being depending where you're where you fall on that spectrum of so um spiritual and so she discusses how in the first chapter which i know lindsay and i are going to discuss but she really um in this book breaks down each milestone so the first one is emotional vocabulary, which I will be sharing in just a moment, but each chapter she breaks down and discusses and goes into great detail about that particular milestone. She shares um, at the end of each chapter, she discusses nine practical ideas for you as a parent or caregiver um, to be able to encourage that particular milestone. She really gives you great practical ideas, ideas that you know, I'm a parent, I have three kids, and I've actually already started to kind of implement a lot of these practical ideas. So they really are practical. I love and that. I think we love practical because often we, we learn a concept like, okay, but now what do I do with it in my everyday life? What do I do with it at dinner time or during homework help or driving to soccer practice? So that sounds like a, a great resource. So again, it, we're talking about are my kids on track? That's the name of the book. Yes, exactly, Lindsay. It really is. And I think for parents or for caregivers, really having that practical really does help, like you said, and it helps them to be able to see, okay, I can take this particular milestone and now I know how to implement this. So yeah, each chapter will discuss that particular milestone. And then, which I think actually is kind of the golden like kind of the silver lining, I guess, of this whole book is she breaks it down for boys and for girls. So if you have a, a son or if you have a daughter um, or both, she gives, she discusses how each milestone can be a challenge for some, some milestones that might be more of a challenge for boys and some might be more of a challenge for girls. And she really discusses that. And she discusses the three most, um, the three biggest stumbling blocks for boys and the three biggest stumbling blocks for girls. But she doesn't leave it at that. Her and the other authors don't leave it at that. They also go in to talk about the building blocks, which is tied into the practical ideas. So this book, I really am encouraged by. I think she really covers everything. And then I know some people have said, well, my kids 15, 16, and 17, what can I benefit from this? And no matter your child's age, you can benefit from this because she will discuss, <laughs> excuse me, she will discuss, well, what are some challenges for those that are younger, for those in mid-school and those in high school? And I know you had already said this, Lindsay, but even if you're a grandparent, I think this will benefit you just knowing, even gaining the practical ideas. When I have my, you know, my grandkids on the weekend, what can I do to encourage these different milestones? I love it. So yeah, again, if you have any kids in your life, it's great just to be informed. I love that. So yeah, and it sounds like a good gift, maybe. I know I'm nerdy, so I love books, but I feel like this would be an amazing book to give to someone or someone who, especially maybe you're noticing is struggling with kids or has really expressed, you know, maybe a best friend, like, wow, I'm really struggling with, you know, John, I don't know what to do. So this sounds like an amazing resource. It is, Lindsay. It really is. I think for anyone, like you just said, that works with any age group of children would benefit from this. And, I, I, you know, again, like I said, how it just really breaks it down for boys and girls, I think it's great because sometimes we think 
boys have the same struggles as girls and sometimes they do sometimes they do but they're also you know god made them so different that at times i think having being able to look into that part of the chapter for if you have a son or a daughter really does help um so yeah that's super helpful because you're right we i mean even by genders or ages, you have to approach things a little differently. So Absolutely. it sounds like this guides you through that. Well, you mentioned the 12 milestones. So I wonder, do you want to just highlight those? Um, what are those 12 milestones that the authors discuss? Yes. So the first four milestones are the emotional milestones, which is emotional vocabulary, perspective, empathy, empathy and resourcefulness. So those are the four uh, emotional. Then the next are the four social milestones, and those are awareness, back and forth dialogue, ownership, and boundaries. And the next four are the spiritual milestones, which are spiritual foundation, identity, mercy, and meaning. And so each one of these, she goes into great, her and the other authors go into great detail about and, um, you know, each one of these, you know, sometimes I think as parents or even caregivers, we get overwhelmed thinking, oh my goodness, this is a lot of milestones, but she really kind of ties them each in together. So even just the four emotional, I'm going to be talking about the first chapter today, but even the first four emotional, she ties them in together so that you don't have that overwhelming feeling. She really just kind of um, shows you how each one is different, but yet how they are all tied in together. So. Okay, good. That's super helpful. And you mentioned emotional vocabulary. I wonder, can you, I, I'm sure some of our listeners heard that and that sounds like a therapist-y term. So what is that emotional vocabulary? Yeah. So the first chapter is the foundation for the whole book, as she would say. And so I think, as I had said at the opening, is that a lot of times as parents, we really do care, which we should care about, you know, our children's education, our children's health. Um, you know, all of that, of course, is very important. But tied into that, she said, is emotional vocabulary. And when we don't give our kids or even ourselves have that emotional vocabulary, it affects every aspect of our life. And so she talks about how just even, you know, being able to speak and say how you're feeling. So she talks about how if, you know, when we get upset or we're angry, say we're angry because we're driving and, you know, sometimes Miami traffic can be a little challenging. And so we're driving in Miami and someone cuts us off. And so sometimes we don't really, you know, we might get upset and we might feel flustered and we don't really know how we're feeling. And so she said, allowing your children to, to know and understand and name the word that they are, that they are feeling. So saying, I am really angry right now that that gentleman or that lady just cut me off, right? Being able to name it is going to benefit us greatly. And that is kind of foundation for all of these milestones, being able to say how we are feeling and being the, having the freedom to say that, that I'm angry. And so when you're able to understand how you're feeling, that you're able to regulate yourself, you're able to regulate your emotions. And so she says that first it's naming it and then, then knowing, okay, I'm angry right now. What can I do right now that I am angry to regulate myself and to talk through this feeling that I'm having? And she said, when kids don't, aren't able to do that, or kids don't know how to do that, 
it affects their relationships because they might get upset with this friend of theirs. Say they're in fourth grade, you know, I have a fourth grader. And so he might come home and be upset because someone, you know, took his lunchbox right on the playground, which has happened. Right. And so me being able to say, well, how did that make you feel? Well, I feel he felt angry and I could say, yeah, I can understand that. So tell me some more about that. So for him, that's the emotional vocabulary is him being able to speak how he is feeling. And so um, that's the first chapter that she goes into. And I'm going to go further into that um, saying about some of the stumbling blocks for boys and for girls as well. Okay, great. I love that. And actually, you're right. Our, our timing is great because we're about to take a break. And so I felt like you kind of wrapped up that section well. And yeah, I love that because if you can't name the emotion, you don't know what to do with it because we use different coping skills if we're sad or mad or disappointed or happy, you know, you react in different ways. So I, I hear a lot of parent modeling being important that parents need to know that vocabulary as well. So all right. Well, thank you so much for this first half. We're going to take a short break, but definitely tune back in with us after the break to hear Alicia speak more about these stumbling blocks and compare between boys and girls. All right. I'm Lindsay Steffen with Wellspring on the Air, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. This is Lindsay Steffen. And if you're just joining our show, our topic today is Are My Kids on Track? So I have Alicia Foss with me and she's been talking through uh, different milestones, whether emotional, social, spiritual, and this talk is really based on the book, Are My Kids on Track? So she's been educating us on how to know what, what are the milestones and where should kids more or less be or where can we encourage them to be at different ages and based on their gender. So if you have missed the first half of the show, we're diving into the second now, but go ahead and find us on your favorite podcast channel, Wellspring on the Air. Or you can also go to our website blog page at wellspringmiami.org. You can just search for this topic, Are My Kids on Track? So Alicia, so far we've talked about the 12 milestones and what is emotional vocabulary. So let's just dive right back in. I know you have a lot of info for us. So what are the stumbling blocks that are discussed in chapter one for the boys? Yeah, so thank you, Lindsay. So the stumbling box, so um, boys and girls, I had, I had stated before, have different stumbling blocks at different ages that they may struggle with. And so as Lindsay just said, I'm gonna share the stumbling blocks for boys first. And so the first stumbling block for boys where they may not be able to reach that emotional vocabulary or they may not be able to reach that emotional milestone. The first one is cultural influences. Our cultural, our culture communicates with boys that if, if in fact you share your emotions, if you have feelings that you are weak. And so boys hear this from a young age, you know, I know that they, in the book, they talk about how, you know, don't, don't cry like a girl or don't, don't act like a girl or even don't throw like a girl, right? You know, our culture kind of pushes that onto our boys that if you cry or if you show emotions at all, that you are weak. And so boys hear this from a young age. And so when they hear that from a young age, they tend to suppress their emotions. They tend to not show their emotions. And so when that happens, when they start suppressing their emotions, um, then as we tend to see is that they become more aggressive, right? So a lot of times I know Lindsay works with young, you know, some kids that we might see that we might see that kids, boys start to become aggressive. 
And a lot of the times, not always, but a lot of the times, the reason that boys do become aggressive is because they have suppressed and held in their emotions for for many years, or even just, even if they're younger, even just for some time. So they don't know how to release that emotion in a healthy way. That makes sense. Yeah. We, we talk a lot about those emotions. They become like energy built up in the body. So when you start to see kids have anxiety, often the anxiety is coming because there are repressed emotions, things that can't get out and they just, they don't know how to express them or what to do with them. And so you start to notice your kid is very anxious or even angry. And with those emotions, we always, of course, with therapy, but we need a lot of exercise and actually releasing them, getting them out of the body. So it makes sense what you're saying culturally. I mean, we see it all the time where, yeah, boys are, just expected to be uh, manly and manly is not crying, being tough. Even unfortunately, I think being um, disrespectful to women that has become a quote unquote manly quality. Um, We see that a lot in media and music that's popular with this generation. So yeah, that's wonderful for, I'm sure some parents are needing to navigate that and probably are coveting this advice. Yeah. And so this, um, excuse me, the second stumbling block is strong emotions, which again is directly tied into the first one. So a lot of times boys, we hear this myth and I know I even heard this for many years that boys don't have as many emotions or feelings as girls. And that is a myth. It is not true. Boys have the same amount of emotions as girls. And so boys have the same strong emotions. I know sometimes that we may see that girls will express their emotions more freely and boys have just as much of that emotions as, as girls. And they have, sometimes they've even said even stronger emotions. And so boys, they have these strong emotions and, but yet um, sometimes parents and caregivers, we just don't know. And that's okay. Sometimes we just don't know how to teach them that emotional vocabulary. So that's why it is so important Um, No matter what stage you're at with your kids, if they're young, you know, if they're older to start building into your daily life, just that emotional vocabulary, especially for boys, if you're seeing them have those strong emotions and when they have those strong emotions, we need to give them that healthy outlet to release those emotions. So that's number two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm wondering, so that would be maybe when you say they're showing strong emotions, could that even be more like an outburst or? Absolutely, Lindsay. Yeah. So we see sometimes with boys strong aggressive behavior. And she talks a lot about that is the aggressive behavior that some boys will display. Um, Girls will get into that in just a moment, the girls, but yes, boys, they may have a lot of aggression. They may seem angry. They may seem really frustrated a lot of the times. And that, then having those displaying that um, is a sign that as, you know, the caregiver or whoever is with them, the parent needs to start instilling in them the emotional vocabulary so they can start saying, well, I'm, I'm just feeling angry or I'm just feeling frustrated or I'm just really upset. Okay. Got it. Yes. And then um, the stumbling block number three is what she says in this chapter is wild cards. So with the flood of emotions and a a lack of emotional vocabulary, it's like a wild card. So this is what she said. She says a lot of times it's kind of as if, you know, you're you're driving in um, in a state that you're not familiar with. So say for me, I've never been to New Mexico and I'm driving in New Mexico, right? 
And it's kind of as if she says, okay, you know, you're here, you're at Walmart. I want you to go over there to Target. She says, I'll see you there, right? And I start driving on the highway and I don't know where I'm going. So that's kind of what the boys are. They're, they're at point A and they're trying to get to point B, but they don't have a clear GPS. They don't have that clear direction of how to get from Walmart to Target, right? And so she said, it's, it's for us, it's kind of like when we don't instill some of this emotional vocabulary into our boys, it's like we're, you're kind of telling them, you know, cut it out, stop acting like that, you know, d- pull it together, right? We say that. I, I, I know as a parent, I've said that to my boys before, right? Sure. And so, but, but when we say that, we need to give them a GPS. We need to kind of guide them and direct them and how to handle that emotion. So mm, I love that because, yeah, we often say, don't do this, don't do this, but we don't say what should you do? How can you replace that behavior? And they don't know they're growing up. They, uh, they also don't have a manual for how to use, you know, what to do with your emotions. So we really have to teach and model that. Absolutely. Um, and before I get the summing blocks of girls, I just wanted to briefly go through the building blocks, just really briefly for boys. So the building blocks, the three building blocks for boys is relationships. That's the number one is being, um, is allowing your child to help to, to see you display that emotional vocabulary in a healthy way. So if parents, you haven't done that, it's never too late. It's never too late to pick up that feeling card and start displaying that yourself. Okay, so that's the first one is relationships. And the second one is naming. And that is um, demonstrating emotional intelligence to your children. And again, it is just really saying, you know, even if you're driving in traffic, oh, I feel angry that that person cut me off. Or, you know, if your child is, is, you're seeing some aggressive behavior from your son, it's maybe just saying, oh, I, I see that you seem, you seem really aggressive right now. Can you help talk me through this, right? Giving your child a safe place to maybe talk through that. And then the third one is exposure, which kind of ties number one and two together is exposure to, to a healthy emotional vocabulary and showing your child that em- emotions are safe emotions are okay no matter the age of your son it's okay to have emotions and you showing them that when they do have that emotion it is okay and giving them a safe and healthy place to talk about that or to work through that particular emotion great wow those are awesome oh this is so good i I haven't read this book yet so i'm gonna buy it after this after this show it's so great okay well let's i know we just have um about seven minutes so let's dive into the stumbling blocks for girls i want to make sure we we give them their fair time as well (laughs) yes absolutely so this the first stumbling block for girls is the pressure to please so girls really um no matter the age girls like to be liked and girls like to do well so we kind of you know see that girls they like to do well in dance they like to do well on the soccer field and the basketball court to do well in school and so for them, when they really like to do well, they don't want to al- allow themselves to have any negative emotion because their fear is if I have a negative emotion, that is going to get in the way of me doing well in dance, well in the basketball court, well in school. So a lot of times girls will suppress those emotions because they their fear is it's going to interfere with them, with their pressure to please. So that's stumbling block number one. And then um, stumbling block number two for girls that get in the way of them reaching that emotional vocabulary is um, the pressure to perform. Girls really like to perform. They like to kind of tied into number one. They like to perform. They like to be seen as doing well. 
And so again, if they like to be seen as doing well and they like to perform, again, negative emotions are gonna get in the way. So they tend to suppress those emotions and push those emotions away. And so with these first two, we, um, as parents, one thing that I kind of, she talks about is giving your kids, telling your kids, your daughters, it's okay if you're not number one on the, you know, in dance, you're not, you don't, it's okay if you're not number one, showing them unconditional acceptance is really what will help them to overcome this. Yeah. And not really have, oh, excuse me, but maybe not have their worth based on their performance, but more just their inherent value is what I hear you saying. Absolutely, Lindsay. Yes, absolutely, Lindsay. And so encouraging them, like you said, just having that showing that their worth is in who they are exactly and not in their performance or how well they're doing. Absolutely. And then stumbling block number three for girls is their need for control. Girls like to be in control of their situation. They like to be in control kind of of what's going on around them. And so again, when they have those emotions that could kind of get in the way, especially um, for girls, when for girls, you know, a lot of times we think boys don't like to be seen as weak, but girls have that same, that same thought just as much. She had done some, um, the authors had done some studies and it said that girls are just as much, they don't like to be seen as weak. They don't want to be seen as, oh, you have a lot of feelings and emotions. Girls that feel like if they have a lot of feelings and emotions that can, that is going to be seen as weak and they don't like that. Yeah. I hear some of my teen girls, they'll say that they're like, Oh, if they're trying maybe to get a boyfriend or whatever, but they say, Oh no, people don't like it when you're overly emotional. Like they already are aware of that cultural stigma of don't be the too emotional girl. And I kind of, as I hear you talking, I'm hearing how these things, if not dealt with, it breeds more anxiety in girls and more anger in boys. And so that's, again, kind of going with the stereotypes, but I think stereotypes come from some measure of truth. So yeah, we see guys, if they can't express emotions, they get aggressive and young women get maybe very anxious from, you know, repressing their emotions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Lindsay. Yes. And um, so just the three, I'm going to go really quickly through the three, yeah, stumble, uh, three great. building blocks. I'm going to do it okay. quickly. Um, so the first one is to give her words. We need to point them towards their feelings. We need to say that when we see some of these stumbling blocks, we need to give them words to speak that, oh, it seems as though you are really trying your best. And it seems as though when you're trying your best, I do see that you're seeming to get a little anxious. So giving, so giving them words to speak how they are feeling. Um, the number, the second one, which she said is probably the most important for girls is safety. Girls like to feel safe. Girls want to be told that even if you fail, it's okay. Even if you're not number one, it is okay. And for girls to, to say that, you know, even if, you know, you mess up and, and you don't, you know, make the dance team or the basketball team, that's okay. It is okay. You are safe to fail. Like saying that you are, it's safe. It is safe for you. This is a safe environment for you to mess up because we all mess up. And then the third one is to give her models. Um, We want to, for our girls, we want to live out strength, courage, and confidence for our girls. And we want to model that for them. But within the strength, we want to show them that even, even those that are strong have feelings and have bad days and struggle. So those are the three um, building blocks that she speaks about. Okay. It's interesting because I hear what you said earlier in the show is that 
um, you know, men and women or boys and girls, there is a lot of similarities, but maybe just a lot of difference in expression sometimes. So I hear both want to excel, succeed, are competitive, and maybe those are usually seen as more masculine characteristics. But I hear that our young women, they want to also excel and be seen mm -hmm. as successful. And it's so interesting because when you see maybe the behavior or the attitude coming out, it looks like two different things, but it's just that core human need to um, be accepted. And no matter if I, if I'm successful or I fail, I'm still loved unconditionally. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much, Alicia. This has been super, super helpful. And um, again, why don't you, we're about to wrap up the show, but why don't you tell us a little bit in case anyone just joined for the second half of the show about the parenting group, just throw those dates out and let us know about Wellspring is starting this new parenting group and Alicia's a part of it. So why don't you give us a little info? Yeah. So I'm going to be, uh, myself and some other therapists are going to be running a parenting group on this book. Are my kids on track? We, our first one will be Tuesday, April 6th. Um, from 7.30 to 9, and then Thursday, April 8th, from 12 to 1.30. And this is going to be an ongoing group. So we'll be meeting starting in April on Tuesday evenings from 7.30 to 9, and, an, and then ongoing group on Thursdays from 12 to 1.30. And so as Lindsay said, you can go to wellspringmiami.org and you can sign up there. There's a link there for the online parenting group. Awesome. So exciting. So again, if, if you missed some of the show, you can go to your favorite podcast channel, Wellspring on the Air, or go to our blog on wellspringmiami.org. And you can look up the title of today's show again. It was, Are My Kids on Track? Based on the book that Alicia kind of spoke through today. So uh, we love to hear from you. So encourage us, let us know you're listening. So you can send any comments or questions to on the air at wellspringmiami.org. Again, thank you, Alicia, for being with us today and for all of your knowledge. Um, it's time to wrap up. This is Lindsay Steffen with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter.